Welcome back to the My Life Platform podcast. This podcast is all about creating the conversations to help us build a powerful foundation upon which we can build a purposeful life. Today, the conversation is between, my, between myself and my wife, Adina, and it's all about what do you do when nice people do wrong things to you? Adina, welcome back to the podcast. Why, thank you. It's good to be here. So today we're going to talk about what we do when we suffer things from people. And I want to give a couple of examples of this and how it looks like in everyday life. First of all, you have a story of something that happened to you one time, actually, uh, after church. <laughs> Explain that scenario to us. Okay. So, you know, church is finished and I'm hanging out. I have some extra time and just looking for someone to have a conversation with. And usually I bump into quite a few people after church and sometimes we have to dash home to get food cooking. But this time I was searching for someone and didn't find anyone, but I just decided I was just going to go look out the window. It was raining and, uh, and then I got surprised at a moment and, you know, caught off guard. And there was a gentleman that came up and he was close to the window and just kind of started a conversation with me. And I didn't see him and he just popped in and, but then very quickly started just a sweet little conversation about, Hey, you know, just started talking about just surface level things. And, and that was fine. And kind of made me forget the awkwardness of him first coming a little bit too close to what I wanted to be standing to me. You know, married woman, I don't want to spend a lot of time alone with a guy. And so I'm, I'm very intentional about that. But he caught me off guard because I was looking for a conversation. So a conversation started. And then before I know it, he's pushing me for something deeper. And I wasn't comfortable with that. But he was... I don't know. It just kind of made me feel like I needed to be nice and answer the questions, yet I didn't really want to be. And so I found myself in that awkward spot. Yeah, that's very interesting. Now, when I heard that story uh, a few minutes after I met up with Adina, when we left, of course, as a man, my feelings were very, very different. I was imagining uh, a meeting up with this man in one of the bathrooms and uh, the conversation we would have. Uh, I, I would probably pull him into a stall and teach him some manners and etiquette, quite frankly. That's how I felt about the conversation. But the fact of the matter is, uh, we, we talked about this together. And, and tell us how you kind of felt um, after that conversation happened. How did you feel? Um, I felt like I needed to protect myself, but I felt wrong for thinking about that because he was nice and he was asking questions about me and about my life. He was caring about me. And I, I remember at one point thinking, wow, he's very discerning. Like, how did he know to keep pressing that question? Because I wasn't giving him all the information because once again, he's a man, I'm a woman, I'm married, I have no interest in having an intimate or personal or deep conversation with another man. But he kept pushing for it. So I'm thinking he's discerning, he's nice. So I actually felt, I felt kind of guilty for wanting to pull away because he's just a nice guy. But I was trying to dismiss the awkwardness of different things that he put me in. That's really interesting, I, I, and I could totally see that. I want to compare your scenario to a recent scenario in my life where nice things did, nice people did wrong things to me. <laughs> I just recently was officiating a, a, a basketball game among little girls, 
and I was, we're officiating this game and one of the coaches and some of the fans were not approving of how we were officiating this game. Now, I think in both of our scenarios, we are suffering what you could call as a type of abuse. It's where a, a line is being crossed. Now, in your case, it was a man after church who probably has, uh, on one hand, a good heart, mm-hmm. probably has some gifts and abilities at helping people, but at the same time, I, as a man, feel like he probably had something else that was at work within him as well. Yeah, if we're honest, that there was there was more to it than just that nice part to him. Yeah, because what you didn't see that I think about was at one point you were um, near a wall looking out the window, and he was a man walking down the hallway, and well, you know, several people around. What what was in the man that caused him to look at a woman by herself and think, I'm going to go talk to her? Although he's a man who maybe has some gifts of discernments and helping people, he is probably someone who cares about people, but he's also the man that for some reason inside of him, here's a woman by herself that I want to have a conversation with. I don't know all of his motives, but the reality is he's probably a nice person that his use of boundaries was not appropriate. In my scenario, I'm officiating a game. The coaches and fans are nice people, but at the same time, they're not okay with what's happening. And so they begin to say things that are inappropriate. They, they, they cross the line in what they're saying about me. And so in that situation, Here's what I could think. I could think, you know, I'm not officiating this game perfectly. I'm making mistakes. And so I can't say anything to them. Does that relate to the same way you could feel that that there's it feels awkward to draw a line for someone mm-hmm. when you yourself aren't sure where that line should be? Yeah. And and there's and you're a human being with a human being, there's wrong things on both sides of the table. You know, you're not perfect and you're, and you're thinking about the things that you're doing wrong. And then that dismisses you from having the right to say anything about the other person that's doing something that's wrong. You know, underlying this conversation, we're really talking about abuse. And it- abuse is such a difficult conversation to have. And I purposefully want to frame this conversation around the abuse that can happen, like in the sports world, where people will lash out at like a sports official, and this is not about standing up for sports officials, certainly, but it is about talking about abuse and when people cross the lines with you. When I was officiating recently that game with, it was like fourth grade girls, nothing in that game was perfect. Actually, it was all rather broken. The level of play was such that the girls were just not very capable of playing the game. So as officials, we had to call about half of the travels and let half of them go so they could play. We had to let a a considerable number of fouls go 
so that they could just simply play the game. So the players, in terms of how they play basketball, is broken. As officials, how we call the game is broken. There are decisions we are purposefully making that are against the rules, but there are also decisions that we don't mean to make that maybe isn't the best decision in the moment, but we make a decision we have to just keep playing in spite of it. The coaches are imperfect in how they're coaching the girls. The fans are imperfect in how they see the game and their very posture toward the game. So everything in the gym is broken. So it'd be very easy in, in my situation, I could say, well, uh, I, I could blame myself and say, I'm not, I'm not officiating this game right. And so people get to say whatever they say, I can't do anything about it. And I think that's a huge, that would be a huge mistake on my part. Let me explain something I had to do in this game. And I think it demonstrates how boundaries can be used and how they must be used. So at one point in the game, the coach yelled out something. I simply turned and said, that's enough. I didn't get mad. Matter of fact, I did not wait for him to make me bad before I said anything. This is very important. You do not have to wait for someone to really hurt you or upset you. Mm, that's good. In order to say, that's enough. When he crossed the line, it did not matter if the call that I made before that was right or wrong. It's my position and my privilege to simply put up the boundary and say, that's enough. Now, later in the game, this is the second half. He's now losing like 17 to 2. He's more upset. And once again, he yells out something. It crossed the line. So I simply went to the tactic that I, that I keep in my back pocket. And it's important that I have this tactic ready. Because if I wait until I'm angry, the way I respond will not really help the situation. And I might do something that even causes me a problem. I have this tactic I use. I simply blow the whistle. And I go to the scorer's table. I don't go to the coach. I go to the scorer's table and simply say, give me a warning recorded in the book for the blue bench. That means the coach for the blue team has crossed a line, put a warning in the book. Now, I didn't do that with any anger. I did not even look at the man. I did not raise my voice. I talked in the same tone of voice I'm using right now in this podcast. He then yelled and said, give me a technical. Go ahead and give me a technical. And so in the same tone of voice I have right now, I simply blew the whistle quietly, made the signal for technical, um, gave him what he asked for. And then he responded by asking for another technical and boisterously said a couple of, boisterously said a couple of things. I simply politely gave the second technical, never looked at him, never got mad at him. I simply was putting up the boundaries. And of course, at that point, he's ejected from the game. I just simply looked to my partner and everyone on the court 
gave instruction as to what needs to happen, but there was never anger on my part. Quite frankly, there was no hurt on my part, and I really don't even have any kind of feelings toward that coach, and even in the moment, I had no feelings toward that coach. Now, I am not at all trying to uh, give the idea that an official dealing with a coach in a game is simply how easily we can deal with abuse with people in our real life. But I do want to discuss, you know, are, are there principles in here that when we take the emotion out of it can help us know how to set boundaries and live this stuff out in our real life? You know, I really think that's the key right there, because in any situation that I've been in, which when I have felt hurt or, you know, all the way to something closer to abuse, it's like all of those different things, I react differently when I get emotionally invested. I act differently when emotion is part of things. And so... um you know, the difference would be whether you know you're going into a situation where it could be a little more um, aggressive, you're prepared for it, versus in my situation, I'm just hanging out after church. I'm not expecting to need to protect myself, um, even from something that's just uncomfortable. And I don't think that it's right for me to have to stand there. Like, as I look back at it now, I would have walked away from that conversation more quickly. But my emotion in it was empathy and not empathy, but more like graciousness. He's a nice guy. I don't need to end this abruptly and make him wonder why I don't want to talk to him anymore. But I really didn't want to keep talking. I don't want to have a lengthy conversation with another man that crosses a boundary that I want to have for me. And when I stayed longer than I wanted to, the you know, the emotion part of it is the reason why I did it. And I like something that we've done through life is you know, you, we have different situations and we talk it through. And when you talk through a situation, when the emotion isn't all up in your face, you can think about it, you can make decisions. And so after that event, that made me understand better, you know what, I need to make sure that I I keep that boundary, no matter if I'm talking to somebody nice. You thought, you know you've had different situations in umpiring and even just life, you know, move it out of our two situations that we're talking about and put it into family relationships, going to visit family or the work environment. Uh, you, you're not sure when another um, relationship issue is going to come up where, you know, one broken person is talking to another broken person. You're not, you don't know when that's going to come up, but it's, it's right. And it's good to have boundaries in place and, uh, it's important for you to stay in a healthy spot. So it's okay for you to set a boundary in an imperfect world. Yeah, I like how you said that. You know, I've officiated sports for a long time. And I recall in my younger days of, of officiating, when when people would yell at me, my assumption was that I was messing up. Mm. And if I'm messing up, that means I have to simply allow people to say what they're saying. Yeah. And actually it's my fault is what I would feel. It's my fault that everyone's mad. I am messing up. And so that I simply, ha I simply have to put up with this. I think that's the heart of kind of why we're doing this podcast. Cause we're talking about when nice people do wrong things, you know, it's like, what, do, what is it that, we should revert to when we're in a situation that's 
let's call it unhealthy. We're in an unhealthy situation. What is it that we should do? Because we're the only thing that we can control. We can't control the people around us. And is it okay for us to have a boundary? Is it okay for us to stand up to that and and make sure that that boundary stays? And the best time to create the boundary is not really in the situation because there's a lot of emotion. And so think, so now maybe if you're thinking about what could help, you'll have a better response when that next unhealthy situation arises. That is so good. Nice people do wrong things. But let's also say this. Nice people have boundaries. Nice people have boundaries. When I um, used to train sports officials, I would tell them, I don't care if you messed up a call. That doesn't give people the right to be rude and disrespectful. And, and I think that's so important in, setting, in the setting of these boundaries that we don't put the burden on ourselves that we're supposed to be living this perfect life mm, mm-hmm. before we can set up a boundary with someone. This is just not true. We are all broken people loving broken people. Yes. Being loved by broken people. Our boundaries are not going to be perfect, but they do have to be up. Yes. They do have to be up. And we can't wait for a perfect boundary. We can't wait on a perfect boundary before we put it up. Simply put it up. I think that is I think that's just absolutely critical. Nice people do wrong things, but nice people also put up boundaries. I agree. So I, I want to say this, and, and we're almost finished, but I want to say this. I'm not messed up just because a broken person loved me in a broken way. Mm. Mm. Say that again. I'm not messed up because a broken person loved me in a broken way. Mm. There's a lot of hearts that need to hear that. It is so, it is so, so critical. How do you feel about that statement personally? It makes me uh, like, I love to love people. So if someone hurts me, I want to make sure I'm erring on the side of loving them. It, it, it says that my heart is important too. Mm. And if my heart is important too, then I get to speak up. My voice gets to be heard too. I don't just have to let somebody put me in that unhealthy position. I get to have a right to say something. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to stand up and yell and, you know, call somebody names. I mean, I'm going to be held accountable for how I respond, but I get to stand up for myself. My heart gets to be protected. My voice gets to be heard. Can I tell you something? It, it's it's it it's not it feels like all you're doing is standing up for yourself. It can almost feel selfish. It, it can almost feel rude. But putting up a boundary is best for everybody. Oh yes. It's even best for the person that you're putting up the boundary for. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say that enough. It 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 helps. It helps everybody. You're not, you're really serving the community. <laughs> yes. When I ejected the coach in the game recently, I was not standing up for myself. I was not doing that for me. It's the right thing for everybody. It's what 
everyone watching that game needs to see and experience. It is right for that coach, for him to go home that day and think about what he did in the line he crossed. When he has to sit out the next game, it is good that he gets to think about that. He gets to explain to his daughter why he's not at the next game. Because if you've been ejected, you have to sit out the next one. This is a good thing. It's not even a bad thing that happened to the coach. It's probably good for his whole life. When we set up boundaries, it feels like we're just protecting ourselves. Yeah. We're really helping everyone involved in the situation. And, you know, and that gives you um, a really good heart posture as you do stand up for those boundaries is it's healthy for you. But if it's healthy for you, it's healthy for that other person to not cross that boundary and for you to stand up. It's healthy for, like you said, the community. What you do is going to have a domino effect. Um, Other people will see how you're living your life. Other people will um, just learn something by watching that example. Yeah. So this has been an interesting conversation uh, really about abuse We live in an imperfect world, broken people, loving broken people. And and I I guess I want to conclude by saying that the way we set up boundaries, either in our marriage relationship, the way we set up boundaries with our kids, they will be imperfect boundaries. Mm -hmm. There are no perfect boundaries for, uh, you know, cell phone usage in the home. There's no exact boundary on how we talk to each other. But boundaries, we have to have the guts and love to set up boundaries in spite of the fact everyone's imperfect and the very boundary is imperfect, but we love enough to set boundaries. It's about loving imperfect people imperfectly. (laughs) And somehow in all of it, it can be glorious and wonderful. So I hope this conversation has been helpful to you. It's an interesting topic. Um, I want to remind you guys of what we're we're all about. The My Life Platform podcast, it correlates to programs we have where we help people build the foundation upon which they can live a powerful and purposeful life. And what we firmly believe and we see happen all the time is that people are just one conversation away from a dramatically changed life. The question becomes, do we have those people in our life and are we vulnerable enough to have those conversations? So next time, until next time, we wish you the best. Have a great day.